this morning and thanking you for being here, giving you a great welcome. We appreciate your presence. If you're a guest today, we want you to know that you're welcome and that you're always welcome here at the Midway Congregation. Back when my son Daniel was in Austin P. State University up in uh, uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, he majored in uh, communications technology. And one of the projects that he had had to do with a video that he had to make. And one of the things that was amazing to me about the video was the special effects that he used in that particular one. Now what he did, I'll give you the story behind it a little bit, is he took a green piece of uh, uh, poster paper, cut out a round circle, and then he began to work his magic on that. And when it showed up on the video, he was standing in front of a wall, and he had a big hole in his entire body. He, you could see all the way through uh, you could see the wall and everything behind him, and he would take the, the, the piece of uh, poster board and move it around, and the hole would move. And so, you know, that's all special effects. Special effects have come a long way in, in our day and time, have they not? If you think about back in the uh, 50s, some, watch some of the television shows and, and, and some of the special effects they had on those kinds of things, they were not very realistic at all. But today, things have changed a lot. I watched a, 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 one of the documentaries regarding how uh, some special effects were done. Back in the 80s, there was a movie called The Terminator, and I think this was actually the second Terminator movie. But near the end of the movie, there is a truck that turns over, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is supposed to be standing on it, and that truck is sliding. Well, according to the documentary, that truck was not... A real truck at all. It was a scale model and there was a little dial that was attached to it and they were pulling it with a cable. But when you watch it on the real, on the movie, it looks just as real uh, as an accident would, would happen. And even from the 80s to today, things have changed quite a bit, have they not, in regard to special effects. But changing speed here just a little bit, how would you like to have had a front row seat to the creation? To be able to hear the, uh, the words of God as he spoke, and boom, things actually came into being. And, and we are utterly amazed at God have, having the power to do that, but wouldn't it have been something to watch him? You know, magicians, they use sleight of hand in order to deceive our mind or fool us into thinking that something that hasn't happened is really happening. But what God did really happened. And things came into being. And you know, God spoke these things into being until he got down what we read in Genesis chapter 1 at verse 26, when the Bible says that he, uh, uh, he said, or they said, let us make man in our own image. And it seems that God took a little extra time with man because the Bible says that he formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The word translated formed there in regard to man, it means simply to mold into a form, especially like a potter molding a pot, piece of pottery. And so God, it seems, took the, took the dust of the ground that he had created and spent some extra time. He spent extra time when he made a female from man, when he created Eve, taking a rib from the side of Adam, and fashioning the woman, fashioning Eve out of her. Uh, but let's go back to verse number 1 of Genesis chapter 1. And let's think about the fact that the beginning, the creation took place. 
Now, if you were listening, when Jairus read for us this morning, we went back there and he read the first five verses. And we understand on that first day that God made uh, the heavens and the earth and the light and so forth. But again, attaching something to that, let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 at verse number 17 in the New Testament. And it's there that the Apostle Paul writes and says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, I hope you follow along with me. We have in the Old Testament this amazing creation that God did. Moses tells us about that. And we read about that again in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. And we know that it would have been something to be able to see and something to behold, something that had never been before actually comes into being. But then Paul, on the other hand, in the New Testament, tells us about a new creation. A new creation. And so I would suggest to you this morning that that new creation is as utterly amazing as that first creation. You see, the one who made the first creation possible also made the second possible. It's Jesus who was involved in making the two creations possible. You know, we've studied in prior lessons already this year that it was the second person of the Godhead that we have come to know as Jesus who was the creating one that the Bible teaches us about in the book of John chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 1 and other passages that we looked at. And it's also Jesus who is involved in this second creation, this second utterly amazing creation that we can read about in the New Testament. And so what we want to do in the time that we have together this morning is make some observations as we look at these two creations and see some similarities and and make some application in regard to these things. Now, let's begin by thinking about that first creation again. If you notice in Genesis chapter 1 at verse number 2, the Bible says that the earth was without form and void. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever heard the little children's song. I think they sing it sometimes in in some of the little kids' classes back here. But it's simply called the creation song, and, and it goes through the days of creation as to what God created. And in that song, it says, Day one, day one, God made light when there was none. And so we think about the light. Now, we're going to come back to the light in just a moment. And we're going to talk about it more in detail. But I want to back up before the light. I want to go all the way back. We remember that the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. Before there was even light, God created the heavens and the earth. But I want you to think about what that looked like or what it might have been like as we look at it. Now, the only indication that we have as to what it was like is what is said in Genesis chapter 1 at verse number 2. That it was without form and void. Think about the condition of the earth on day one. Without form and void. What does it mean that the earth was without form? If you notice there... That word that's used without form is a word that's defined in this way. From an unused root meaning to lie waste, a desolation, desert, 
figuratively, a worthless thing. A worthless thing. You see, when God created the earth, when He first spoke it into existence, it seems that it wasn't fit for anything. As a matter of fact, it looked like garbage, if you will. Uh, a, a, A watery mess. Now, if we look up the word that's used here, translated worthless or, or, or translated uh, 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 without form, you find it again in the Old Testament. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, at verse number 10, speaking about Israel the, and the children, the nation of Israel, the Bible says, He found them in a desert land and in a howling waste, W-A-S-T-E, of the wilderness, the howling waste of the wilderness. He encircled him and cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. The howling waste. Now, I don't know about you, but most of us here in Alabama, we have a garbage can in our kitchen or somewhere like that, don't we? We know what a garbage can is. But you know what? There are some sophisticated folks who have a waste basket. Rather than a garbage can, they have a waste basket. Now, what do you put in a waste basket? Well, you put waste. Well, what is waste? Worthless stuff. Things that are no good. Things that are worthless. And so, when the world was created, the Bible says on day one that this globe that we have here, probably just a watery mess, was a worthless thing. But God saw some worth in it, and God brought some worth to it. Did he not? To the beautiful thing that we have. And not only that, but he says that it was without form and that it was void. The word translated void means simply undistinguishable ruin. Undistinguishable ruin. And so the the very brief description of day one before there was even light uh, of the earth, and, and notice that he specifically speaks about that, of the earth, he said, man, it ain't worth much. It's hardly worth even throwing away. But God saw more in it. Now, what I want us to do is to skip from that first creation to the second. And we turn from the Old Testament to the New. And we began to compare... Uh, man, before he becomes the new creation of God, the new creation that we have in Christ. And what does the Bible say about him? If you have your copy of God's Word, go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And let's look together this morning at verses 1 through 3. And it's here the Apostle Paul, he describes the condition of the Gentiles before their conversion to Christ. He says some interesting things there. In Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, he says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You see what Paul is describing in that passage is a dead mess. Man without Christ is a dead 
mess. We think about death and we put people in the graveyard. But when we're looking at this particular thing, we're talking about a spiritual kind of thing. And we're a dead mess spiritually. And what he means by that, and as he explains as he goes on, the way that we act brought something that we deserve. And he said we deserve wrath. In other words, we deserve to be cast into the wastebasket because we were nothing more than waste. But I'm thankful my God looked beyond that mess, that waste that I was, and saw something better and saw something more special. Not only that, but turn to the book of Romans chapter 3. Let's look together at verses 10 through 17. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Paul writes and says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. Watch that. They have become worthless. We're talking about mankind and through our sinful lives and the sinfulness that we commit. He said we became, wor- we became like the old earth that on the day one was. We're not worth anything. He says they became worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. You remember undistinguishable ruin? In their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known. You know what? God was still watching from above. He was watching mankind from above. And with all the love that God is, I didn't say that God has because God is love. With all the love that God is, He knew this creation was not finished. Just as He on day one knew that His creation of the earth and of heaven itself was not finished, He looks at mankind and says, something else is needed. And that leads us to that new creation, or at least brings us a little closer to that. But you know what, as we think about that first creation, into that formless void, God introduced something. What was it? Into that formless void, God introduced light. Look again at Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now don't get all bent out of shape, because it's not until we get on down on day four that God creates the sun and the moon and the stars. But God Himself creates the light. Some get all bent out of shape because, hey, how can it be light without the sun? Have you ever seen a strike of lightning? That didn't have anything to do with the sun. Have you ever gone outside with a flashlight? Or, or with a lit candle of some kind? Or, or with a lamp that was uh, a kerosene lamp? Have you ever, what did that have to do with the sun? If mankind can create a flashlight so that it works and you can shine it, God can create light without the sun. Now, verse, uh, uh, on the fourth day, he said, I made the sun so that it would rule over the light. 
God made the light first. And, and you know what? On that day one in the physical creation of God, not even light existed. Light itself. God brought the light into being. I can't even begin to imagine that because I've always known light and I've always known darkness. But it didn't even exist before God brought it into existence. God brought light. We all know that light and darkness are incompatible, aren't they? If you turn on a light in a dark room, what happens? Well, it gets light in there. You can see, can't you? Light and darkness are incompatible. But we also probably understand that without light, existence in this physical realm is not even possible. We've got to have that, don't we? Now, we could talk about the scientific aspects of it. You see, light is necessary for photosynthesis of, uh, of the plants, and we've got to have plants. You know, what if we didn't have plants? Somebody said, well, I just eat hamburgers all the time. Well, how in the world would you get the hamburger meat? Because the cow's going to die because he ain't got no grass. Okay? So we've got to have light. God knew that. God introduced that. One of the first things after He just brought the old globe into existence was light. He brought light into being. It's necessary for the physical realm in which we live. But again, I ask if you have your copy of God's Word to go to the book of Jeremiah chapter number 4. In Jeremiah chapter number 4, look with me at verses 22 and 23. It's here that God is writing about His people. He's talking about Israel. He's talking about how they themselves have not done what's right. Old Jeremiah is prophesying to them, trying to get them to straighten up, and they just won't do it. But beginning in verse 22, the Bible says, For my people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are wise in doing evil. But then watch this next thing. But how to do good they know not. I looked on the earth, and behold, it was without form and void. Now wait a minute. If we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, that's the way... The world, the old earth, is described back there in the creation. God said, I looked on the earth, and it was without form and void, and to the heavens, and they had no light. You see, this is not describing the first creation. This is describing the condition of man. It's describing the condition of the nation of Israel, specifically Judah. That particular section that was still about to be uh, conquered by the Babylonians. He says they were without form and same wording that's used in regard to the earth is used in regard to mankind. Now what was the problem? They had no light. Now if you follow along down into chapter 5, you'll see the condition that he describes. Their, their moral condition was just horrible. In chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, God challenges Jeremiah to run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take note. Search your squares to see if you can find a man, one who does justice and seeks truth, that I may pardon her. 
Though they say, as the Lord lives, yet they swear falsely. Their moral condition was just shot. Their sexual impurity was so great. How can I pardon, verse 7, how can I pardon you, you children? Your children have forsaken me and have sworn by those who are no gods. When I fed them there to the full, they committed adultery and, and trooped to the houses of whores. They were well-fed, lusty stallions, each neighing for his neighbor's wife. Shall I not punish them for these things, declares the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on a nation such as this? Not only that, their unbelief was great, verses 11 and 12. Their religious apostasy, verse number 9, had become great. Injustice filled the land, in verses 25 and 26. He says, your iniquities have turned these away. Your sins have kept good from you. For wicked men are found among my people. They lurk it uh, like fowlers, like a bird hunter, lying in wait. They set a trap to catch men. They're unjust. Their leaders are corrupt, verses 30 and 31 of chapter number 5. But he says, these people, as I looked, they were without form and void because they had no light. No light. You see, light is necessary for our spiritual existence as well. Without light, we can't be spiritually alive. We can't thrive and we can't grow. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 at verse number 11, Paul writes and says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. In the book of John chapter 3 at verse number 19, Jesus said, People love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And in 1 John chapter 2 verse number 11, the Bible says, But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, all of those are bad things, aren't they? The sins and the, and the deficiencies that we have, we like darkness. But you know what? Jesus again brought forth light for his new creation. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made with the, uh, through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Wow, wait a minute. Jesus here in John chapter 5, is said to be the Creator that we read about in Genesis chapter 1. But not only is He the Creator who brought light in Genesis chapter 1, He is the one who is instigating the new creation by bringing light back into the world again. Spiritual light. Light that can make yours and my soul live in John chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through Him. Yet the world did not know Him. He is the true light. And a lot of folks don't recognize that today. They didn't recognize it in His time and they still don't recognize it today. 
But that doesn't change the fact that He came to be the light and to give life through the light that He brought. In John chapter 8, verse number 12, again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isn't it utterly amazing that back in Genesis chapter 1 when we read about the creation that God made, that He recognized without light that creation could not continue to exist? And isn't it utterly amazing that when we turn to the pages of the New Testament and we begin to have the beginnings of what we'll know as the new creation, that God could look down and see man in his worthless void form and say without light, they can't continue to exist and thrive either. Thus he sent Christ into the world. Good friends, we are a new creation in Christ. In Colossians chapter 3 at verse number 10, Paul says, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We had to see what God is like. We had to see who God is. We had to see what God wants. And now we become like Him. We are being formed in the image of our... Wasn't that what happened? Was, uh, what, didn't that happen in the first creation as well? When God formed man and said, let us make man in our own image. Well, now he's saying, saying to us, you need to still be in my image. But he's talking about now acting like him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light in the world. Walk as children of light. How do we walk as children of light? Well, if you back up to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we noticed just before verse, uh, chapter 5 at verse 8, we're created to do the good things that God has given us to do. As we bring our lesson to a close today, I want you to think about what is said in the book of John chapter 12 at verse number 46. Jesus says there, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. You see, Jesus came so that those who believe in him may not remain in darkness. What if God had just brought that old earth into, into existence, that old messy, watery earth ball that was floating out in what we know as space? And left it like that. None of us would be here. None of us would enjoy what we enjoy in this old world. None of us could exist. It would have just been a worthless globe. Worth only to be cast into God's trash bin. But God made more out of it. By bringing light to it and then continuing to finish it. God can make more out of us. He brought light so that we can follow the light. So that we don't have to be in darkness. And we don't have to live in darkness. And we don't have to act like those who are in darkness. You see, Jesus is the creator of the second creation, the new creation. 
Those of us who are Christians are a part of that new creation. Newly, cre- newly created in Christ. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. Paul says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of our sins. In order to be a part of that new creation, we must be transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of sin, the kingdom of Satan, if you will, transformed, or rather transferred, into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. Where there is light, where He is the light that He made for you and me. Oh, by the way, if you continue reading there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it's a passage that we've already talked about in the past couple of weeks. Let me just read verses 15 and 16. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. In other words, just as He created the world, back in the beginning of what we know as time, And in a similar way that He created that world, He has made it possible for us to have light. To be in the light. To share the light. And to be a light for all who are around us. See, Jesus was involved. The person of the Godhead that we know as Jesus was involved in the first creation. But without Him, the second creation would have been impossible as well. Oh, as we learn about Jesus, sirs, we would see Jesus. That's our, what we're focusing on this year. Sirs, we would see Jesus as we see Him as He is, as, as a Creator, not just of the first, but of the second. We ought to be drawn closer and closer to Him. This morning, have you been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the domain or the kingdom of God? Have you become a Christian, obeyed the gospel, having saw the light of Jesus Christ and believed in Him, repented of your sins, made the great confession, and be immersed, born into the kingdom of God? If you haven't done that today, I hope that you'll seriously consider it. Because without it, you're in darkness, you'll continue to be in darkness. What's sad about it is those who stay outside of the light will one day be cast into outer darkness for eternity. No one wants that for you, not even God. But you have to want something better. You have to want to be the new creation, a part of that creation that Jesus 
Himself has helped to deliver. Today, if you're here and you need to respond for the, to the invitation, whether it be to become a Christian or to come back to the Lord, why not do it right now? As we